most important thing that's overlooked often in the real estate world it's strategy because mm-hmm. i realize we all are different we all have different skill sets we all have different passions we have different goals right we have different personality so the key is to figure out what is that strategy that's going to work for me to get me there faster that might be different for you or one of the listener so it's always using that strategic approach so for me i realize the cash flow is good but if i want to hit to a passive income goal in 5 years it's not going to get me there hence i bought that business for somebody because it was in my skill set and interest and what not for somebody else they might not want to do that and their goal is like hey if i could make $5000 extra uh, as a cash flow i'm very happy Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. All right, three full listeners, got another great guest today. Today, Katan Patel is joining us from um, Massachusetts area. Um, just a little bit about Katan real quick, and then, then we'll bring him in. Um, he is a high-performance coach, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, uh, but we want to start with um, how Katan got um, got started. Um, his achievements include um, earning uh, an accelerated doctor of phys- uh, pharmacy degree while learning English at the same time. That's pretty impressive. Building a multi-million dollar rental portfolio by starting from $8,000. So really want to dig into that. And then he also raised over eight mil- or 10 million for his multifamily syndication business. Uh, so we're definitely going to hit on that and growing a senior care business by a factor of three in just uh, two years. Um, he's now a high performance coach. Like I said, he, he's mastered the art of uh, getting results by combining techniques from Tony Robbins and, and others. Um, his unique program will give you the clarity, confidence, and strategy you need to achieve your goals faster uh, and a creative with a creative edge. So, um, Katan, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much, Lee, for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we want to jump in. Katan did tell me I could call him KP since I'm probably not, you know, doing a great job of uh, pronouncing him today. So I think I'll just switch to KP uh, so I don't do a disservice uh, to um, KP. So let, take us back, if you would, um, you know, to back to, you know, your physical or your, I keep saying, I almost keep saying physical therapy. I'm a physical therapist. So I keep almost saying that, or I was a physical therapist. Pharmacy, take us back to your pharmacy days, a little bit of like, what was life like for you then? And then I'm guessing you're not doing that anymore. Why the transition into real estate? What got you into the real estate world? Yeah, so that, that's a great question, right? When I was practicing as a pharmacist, I realized that any job or profession, first of all, I'm just t- trading time for dollars. Second sure. of all, I got to know myself and my values of entrepreneurship and investing and creativity and freedom wasn't really aligning with the field as much, right? So I sure. figured, how do I get out of it? Well, you always have to take the first step, right? Um, Before you take the second, third, fourth. So I started to invest in single family home, bought my first property and the real estate investing journey started. Sure, sure. Who, um, I I can totally identify with that, um, KP, because when I, um, I, I was a physical therapist, I mean, you're a pharmacist, I was a physical therapist and it's a good job 
paid us, paid my fam- family plenty. We had good flexibility. Um, I just felt like God didn't create me for a job like that. Like I just felt very unfulfilled, unsatisfied. So I think probably having some of the same feelings that you were having, like, man, like I, I just had this entrepreneurial spirit, like something, like, you know, that creativeness probably. Um, so I can totally identify with that and, and wanting to get out. And, and that's, what's cool um, about real estate. There, there's other areas too, but like there are other options. Like I just, I kind of wish more people knew that. And, and I love that, you know, you're doing the coaching and that's why I do the podcast just to open people's eyes. Like, Hey, maybe this isn't for you, but maybe it is, you know, maybe you want to do something different than, than kind of what everybody else is doing. So it's awesome. And you're exactly right. Like you just have to take a step. So you took a step and bought a single family home as a rental, but um, did you read a book first? Like, did you talk to somebody like what even gave you the idea that that may be the way to go? Like if you're looking for kind of something different. Yeah. So, and as you know, the beginning stage is the most challenging stage for anybody that's comfortable in a job where that paycheck is coming every two week or every week. And, you know, you, you're okay, you're comfortable, but you don't feel the passion. You don't feel the excitement, right? You're not inspired. So it's a little challenging. So I had tried my hands at a couple different business ventures. It didn't really work out. And I realized, let me get educated first. So I just went out, read about five, six books back in 2011 and 12, like a decade ago. Uh, we didn't have as many podcasts or availability of information. So I read the books and then I realized that there's only so much information you could collect. Information is good to prepare you for the experience. But when then that time comes where you have to make the jump, right? Uh, doesn't yep. matter if you could read 20 books or 50 books. Their point of a little bit of ambiguity and uncertainty and discomfort is going to come, which came for me. And I needed $25,000 to buy that first property. That was a down payment. And unfortunately, I didn't have $25,000. So I got two pharmacist friends to give me $8,000 each. So my problem became from $25,000 to $8,000. And and I realized that we always have time to exit. Hey, I don't have the money. I don't have the skill. This is not the right time right now. What if this is not the right strategy? Those are all limitations. And if I focus on that, my life's not going to be where I want it to go. But what are possibilities? I started asking myself and I needed 8,000 I didn't have. So I opened up a 401k with my employer. And for about a couple months, I work a little bit more, put every single dollar there. Um, maxed it out and they basically matched it. So my 4,000 became eight. And then I pulled that amount out as a loan to myself. And I just learned how to be resourceful and just, you know, be creative and ask yourself, you know, how can I find a solution instead of saying the problem? Hey, I don't have money. I don't have money. And that's how I got started with real estate investing. Yeah, that's awesome. Such a good point there. I mean, um, Robert Kiyosaki says, I think he's the one that said it and other people use it now, but like, instead of saying, I can't afford that, like, how can I afford that? So instead of saying, hey, I don't have, yeah, the, the $25,000, well, how can I get $25,000? Like, you know, are there a couple guys, a couple girls that I work with, people that I know that could loan me $8,000 a piece? Like, that's not that much for some people. So you go, you get $8,000 a piece. And then like, okay, I don't have the other $8,000. Well, yeah, like, what if there's some other strategies? And, and at this point, you know, KP, you're, you're educating yourself. You're learning more and more. So you realize like, okay, you can use a, a 401k, you know, or, or a Roth IRA and you can do self-directed. You can take a loan out to yourself. So you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're a problem solver. And I mean, I've, you know, there's other quotes that say like the, the problem solvers, you know, the ones that are being rewarded, like you want to make a, a bunch of money, you want to make more money, solve bigger problems. So if you can go and like, and you become a problem solver and like you push through those barriers because every barrier to entry 
to me, like just means there's going to be a big reward there because there's so many other people that won't do that. So if you're the person that is willing to do that, there's almost always going to be a reward there. So um, that's awesome. Good, good on you to, to, to push through that and get into your first one. So um, you kind of said something else there too, KB, like that you started a couple other businesses and, and it wasn't really working out. And then you're like, well, let me actually get educated. And it sounds like that education really led you to go, okay, I think maybe real estate is actually the way to go instead of starting some of these other businesses. That's kind uh, yeah. of your thought there. Yeah. So what happened was I like with real estate, I, I always liked investing in, in mm. finances and around that. And I treated more like an hobby. I was like, okay, I was just so excited about it. So I was trying to figure it out. And I also realized like in the beginning, rather than being stuck and not being sure if I should do this or this, let me try to do as many things I can. And some things just got to land, right? And yeah. then the first deal wasn't a good experience. <laughs> things didn't go as planned. Really? And again, I had the same opportunity. Do I leave this or do I stay committed? And then before you know the second deal, third deal, syndication, and now living on passive income. So just a reminder to listeners that oftentimes the why is, you know, that doing that first deal, why it's important because you never know where that's going to lead you in, into the world of, you know, passive investments or flipping, or there's thousand different avenues in real estate and yeah, who knows how that could impact your life. So remember that, that little stepping stone after that, there's so many good things coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't help but like, I, I want to dig into that first deal then. Tell us about that, KP. Like why, why didn't it work out? And then, and what'd you do about it? Yeah. So the first thing was, you know, I was having a hard time getting financing, even though it was a $75,000 loan, which is a joke, but it's just the way the mortgage industry works. And after that, the first tenant, we hired a a property management company to get the tenant and they didn't even do a Google search or any background check, which they're supposed to do, which is Absolutely. actually terrible, right? Yes. And they put a bad tenant that vandalized the property. We are not getting the rent. But again, this was a side income thing. So it wasn't impactful. But after that, I realized that that's just the way things are going to work in life and business. You're going to have a plan until that meets the road. And then there's going to be challenge. How do I solve it? So let me get better at it. And now let me acquire two more properties. And then what did I learn from that? Next deal, what did I learn from that? And just keep evolving, you know, the experience. Uh, absolutely. So uh, let's jump to those next couple of properties. Uh, KP, how did you get those? Kind of same way? Or are you, are you kind of borrowing some money from, from some coworkers and friends and family and then putting up some yourself? How are you taking yeah. those down? Yeah. So after that, I took some, you know, uh, got little, borrowed a little bit, got a couple of investors. I started saving cash flow from the other property that started performing. But overall, between all this, I also bought a senior care business, left pharmacy, was a big jump. And then I, you know, that business was growing in sales and everything. So I used that cash to buy. And then I'm gotcha. buying value add deals that I could refinance and the cash flows coming in. So it's all kind of creating a little engine so to speak. Yes. And now more people are asking me, Hey, how can I invest with you? How can I learn? So they started investing. And then I realized the time and energy I'm spending in buying these three unit, five unit properties, it's not scalable. I could only support maybe two or four investors. And that's when I opened up the syndication business and started going into syndicating 200, 300 unit plus apartment complexes. 
That's awesome. Well, let, let's, let's stay back with the portfolio. So you, you switch jobs, you, you're doing something that's a little more profitable. So you're, you're able to put more money into yourself, but you're still having investors jumping in. And then, yep. yeah, going back to that first deal. So that first deal didn't go well at first, but it sounds like even that one really got turned around. I'm guessing that you fired that property management company and got a good property management company in then? Exactly. We got rid yeah. of that, that and the tenant went out and eventually the cash flow was decent. It was percentage wise, it was great dollar amount. It was still small, sure. but you know, it adds up to the chunk yep. basically. Yeah. Once you start building the portfolio, once you start adding some houses. So what, how many units did you get to KP before, uh, before you were like, man, this, like it's going to take too long or like, it's just not quite scalable. Where were you at? What was your portfolio like? Just kind of give us a picture of that. Yeah. So I, I was probably around 15, 20 units. Okay. And I realized some, that some this, small multis and, and then mostly yes. single families. Okay. Yeah. Like a couple single, three single families and okay. everything else was three unit plus. But I realized okay. that, you know, the feedback I got great properties, I'm, I'm collecting great cash flow. But if my sure. goal is to, you know, have the time freedom, have the geographical freedom, have more discretionary time, these small buildings, you could have a management company, but there's only so much you could do there. And the sure. time and energy that goes to find the building, I'm not taking that into account. So yeah. the transaction cost after three unit, you're repeating it, you're repeating it, getting the loan, looking at the documents and underwriting even the smaller deals. And I figured it's not sustainable from that point and it's not sustainable from investor points. Once two investors invest with me, that deal's done. Now I have to wait three months or six months before I could bring more people. And, and, and I realized my community, other pharmacists and doctors that I support, they don't have time or energy to necessarily be active or, or hunt investment. They just want to make some return. So I sell opportunity to leverage my skill, my time, and this just kind of take their capital and then put my capital and grow the business. Yeah, that, it's a great point. I mean, I, I definitely got to the same same point. I always have, I have this um, principle that I came up with. I don't know, maybe I heard it somewhere, but I, but I feel like just this, this thought that came to my head where I, I would say to myself, like, what if I did this 10 times? And I like, cause you know, I bought a duplex and, and we we're making like, like you said, percentage wise, great cash flow. I mean, I forget what the cash on cash return, but it, it was phenomenal. Like we were, you know, anybody would look at that. Oh, that's, that's a great deal. But um, let's say we were making, you know, 300 bucks a month in, in cash flow off that duplex, which, you know, per door and everything. Hey, that's great. But I'm like, what if I did this 10 times? Number one, what would that return be like? 3000 a month. Okay. Like pretty good. Still not really. Maybe that was like half of our goal you know, maybe we want to get to like 6,000 months. So like, if I did this 10 times, I'm still only halfway to our goal. And then also like, what's it look like to do this 10 times? Like, do I want to buy 10 duplexes? Like, how hard is it going to be to find them? Like, are, are they available? And like, do I want to do 10 more transactions like this? Um, versus you, you, know, you go and buy one apartment building, even if, let's say it's a, it's a 10 unit and like on a 10 unit, you know, the cash flow now is maybe it's, it's not five times as much, but let's say it's, you know, six, 700. And you say, okay, if I did this 10 times, okay, now I'm like, now I'm hitting my, my freedom number, right? Like my, um, that passive income number that, that would, you know, pay all my family's expenses. So I think it's just a little bit different way to, to kind of say the same thing of what you're saying is like, okay, this is working. I mean, you know, you obviously have the proof of concept and you're making money, but do you want to keep doing it this route or is there a way to do more quicker, do less deals, but bigger deals, bring in more investors on just one deal instead of a couple investors on, you know, 50 deals over the next couple of years. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of seeing, you know, the, the path that you're going, like where your head's going, I, you know, I, I kind of experienced the same thing. 
And, you know, that, that's a great point, right? And I, w- I would like to add to that is the most important thing that's overlooked often in the real estate world, it's strategy. Because mm-hmm. I realize we all are different. We all have different skill sets. We all have different passions. We have different goals, right? We have different personalities. So the key is to figure out what is that strategy that's going to work for me to get me there faster. That might be different for you or one of the listeners. So it's always using that strategic approach. So for me, I realize the cash flow is good, but if I want to hit to a passive income goal in five years, it's not going to get me there. Hence, I bought that business for somebody because it was in my skill set and interest and whatnot. For somebody else, they might not want to do that. And their goal is like, hey, if I could make $5,000 extra uh, as a cash flow, I'm very happy. I don't need to quit my job. I just sure. have that thing coming on. Or for somebody yep. else, they are like, I just rather not deal with anything. Whatever I save, if I could grow it, I'm happy. So, so yep. asking yourself those questions, you know, what would really make you happy? What excites you? Uh, you know, what skills are you excited to learn about? And then from all that, forming a strategy will get you much, get there much faster, save you some money and time and headache. Uh, and yes. nobody told me that when I started, but then I realized eventually if I'm not being strategic, it's not going to be good. It's just going to be, um, you know, more resources for no reason. So, yeah, that's a great point, uh, KP, because I mean, I'm identifying with you and your path because it was similar to mine. And, and I think you and I kind of have similar interests in, in the way we want to invest and the way we want to do it full time and all that, like very similar. But yeah, there's a bunch of people out there that have very different interests, people that, that love their job and don't want to leave their job but they would like to see some of the money that they're able to save go and make more money, right? Like come, come back with friends. And so, um, yeah, great point that there's, there's many different ways to invest. Some people want to just totally be passive. Some people might want to add one single family home every year, you know, for the next 10 years and then pay them all off. And then 25 years from now, 30 years from now, you got 10 houses paid off and you're making awesome cash flow, and it's a great retirement. So yeah. definitely many, many different ways, but let's, let's go down uh, your path, KP and in, in, in your thought process. So, um, you get to this point where you think like, I want to bring in more investors. I want to do bigger deals. I want to syndicate apartments. So tell us a little bit about that um, journey, whatever you want to kind of highlight there. And then how did you get into your first one? How do you break into that space? Because it's a very different space when you're trying to buy big apartment buildings compared to just buying the little stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, your thoughts create your reality. So I kept thinking about, you know, about the syndication business. I didn't knew much about it, but I thought about it so many times that eventually I started networking, right? With people who have done this before. And I got into a good connection, a good community. And from there, I got the opportunity to you know, be part of a syndication deal. And I figured if I want to buy my own apartment complex, let me learn it from somebody who has already purchased $100 million worth of apartment complex, right? They must have so much experience. Why should I spend time and energy trying to figure it all out? So I started doing that and, you know, raise 500,000 before, you know, raise a million, 2 million, and I got to 10 million mark because I realized through this process that I enjoy educating investors I enjoy learning the nuances of investing, right? Like a particular deal, understanding the numbers and the underwriting and understanding operators and their teams and their processes and systems and things like that versus talking to brokers and talking to contractors and and trying to be active in that space. So again, 
the thing I was telling you earlier about strategy. I kind of honed on my own strategy, Absolutely. stop yeah. looking at deals. And, and I've done flipped a good amount of deals as well. I've done single family home construction, all profitable businesses. But again, I realized after a while you could make money with anything, but is it really yeah. aligning with your longer uh, goals and things like that? So. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, could that, whatever you, um, would mind sharing, like, I'm guessing you kind of bought in, like you paid to be in one of these, one of these groups that, you know, the, the guys like, um, you know, Michael Blanc, you know, Rod Cleef, one of those type things, you kind of got into a community like that. So my initial goal was not to raise money at all. I just got into community just to learn, you know, what are those things I should be looking for to buy apartments and how should I do the due diligence? Because I have zero idea for apartments. I didn't know as much. I understood the value at strategy a little bit, but not the details. So that's what was my purpose. Hey, let me get a coach or mentor, expedite my journey, which it did. But then I realized that, you know what? I'm not as interested in hunting a deal necessarily because I've already done that on the smaller. I like the capital side, pe- putting those pieces together and things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, this is in any field, but certainly in real estate investing, like find, find the part that you're passionate about. And I think what's really cool, I mean, that's one thing that drew me to apartment syndication specifically was the fact that you could partner with others. And then I could just do the part that I really like doing. I mean, when I was doing the small stuff and, and it sounds like, you know, you were the same way, like there's really not an, it's not a big enough pie to bring in a bunch of partners, right? Like you kind of just got to do it all yourself and you bring in some money partners, but as far as like being the, the general partner, the sponsor, like you, you kind of have to do it all yourself as when you go bigger, you can really like home, you know, um, specialize, I guess is the word, like you can specialize in capital raising and man, what a great area because I mean, that's half of the pro. Like I always say, it's like finding deals and finding money. So you're doing half of the work. I mean, finding the deal, sure. There's nothing, nothing to do unless you have a deal, but you're not taking down any deal unless you have the money. So, um, and, and, uh, it's great. It sounds like, I mean, I can kind of understand already by just you talking and what you're passionate about, but, um, the fact that you're, you're interested in, in raising the money part, because like you said, and this is really what it comes down to when you are raising money is just educating people, right? Because you're not, the reason I love doing it is like, you're not selling something that's, um, you know, a perishable good or like, you know, just selling something, hey, this is great. You are selling like uh, an opportunity to make more money, right? I mean, it's really like you're selling a, if, if you put your money into this, I, I strongly believe we're going to increase your money for you. Like we're going to do all this work to increase your money. So um, I guess just hit on that a little bit, KP, on like what you enjoy about that, how you go about that, um, you know, just kind of your thoughts on, on what you do now to educate people on why they should invest in apartment buildings. Yeah. So, you know, my approach is a little different. First of all, I'm, I'm grateful enough to, you know, have exited the other business and use mm-hmm. all this money to just, I'm plainly living on passive income. So the coaching I do, the investment business I do, is just, I don't have to, I want to. Yeah, so it definitely, great. you know, gives me a lot of options. So I don't have to necessarily keep bringing deals and raising money. If I don't want awesome. to, like 2020, I took the whole year off because I didn't want it to raise in that time frame, right? So my approach is might be slightly contrary. Sure. Typically in the real estate apartment communities, everybody's always talking about the positive sides. People are a little shy of the risk. I like to bring a balanced approach, talk about the risk as well. I'll always tell the investor, hey, here are the top three things that could actually go wrong. And want to make sure the investor has a good understanding. And I believe that, you know, if they have, the skill set to know the merit of the investment, 
eventually they'll decide what's good for them. My job sure. ends yeah. is to educate them what a syndication is, what a value-add multifamily is, what the returns are, what the risks are, what the overall picture is. And then also know, you know, are they diversified? Um, this is a medium risk, medium return strategy. What is their risk profile look like? You know, what is their other investment? And I also got a securities license as well. Uh, so I have a broker dealer affiliate. So the model is typically what happens is uh, a, a co-GP that could go out there and raise money. They might not necessarily have to follow certain regulations. But for me, for example, all of my emails are monitored. Every communication has to be approved by the broker dealer in the sense that it's just not, you know, talking excessively about return or promising or guaranteeing returns okay. and that kind of stuff. And, okay. and I realized that if you genuinely connect with the investor, understand their concerns and educate them, if they're a good fit, they'll work with you. If not, they'll learn. And I hope, you know, they get what they're looking for with the next indicator or another platform or something like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, you really piqued my interest. Do you mind sharing with us? What are the, just real quick, what are the top three risks of investing in a apartment syndication? Yes. So I will give you a general risk because depending on the particular strategy in apartment and the Absolutely. market, it goes detail. But the number three things are this, but typically value add multifamily thing, we are relying on the rent to go up, the NOIs to go up, right? So the number one risk is not being able to meet the projections of the NOI. So if, if a business plan is calling about reducing the expenses by a certain uh, percentage, that's not happening. Or the revenue growth is not happening. Maybe the traffic is not coming in or, or they are not paying the amount we are hoping for. We are hoping for $200 in premium. We're only getting $75. And then if yep. that happens, NOI is not going up, you're not getting the return. So that's, that's the very first uh, risk in terms of getting the rent premium, right? The second risk is the execution risk. So you, we have this whole beautiful packet and the whole business plan that this is exactly what you're we are going to do. We are going to buy this asset. We are going to paint it. We are yep. going to change the software. But what happens is what's on paper versus what goes on reality, a lot of times things don't shake out. We are trying to execute something, right? Maybe the cost to renovate the property came out to 10,000 unit instead of the 8,000 that we projected. Or um, some wall or some area of the building that seemed okay is falling down and, and it's a $300,000 cost, right? An yeah. unknown factor just kind of comes into that play. That, so execution risk is, is a big risk as well. The rent is the first one. And then the third is, it's just not in your control what's happening with the overall market in the area, right? If a couple big employers move out uh, or, or, you know, with COVID, if it's an office park and everybody's working from home, sure, yeah. so that sub-market changing, the economy changing, the tenant base changing, the values going down and things like that. And I always think, you know, every investment has a risk and it's not a bad thing. The goal is to try to understand it, quantify it and see what Absolutely. things you have in place to measure. So we are making a good educated decision. So even if something bad happens, we are aware of it versus not even looking into that direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anybody tells you there's an investment without any risk, they're, they're lying to you, you know, don't yeah. buy from them. So absolutely. I think that's, it's really important. Um, we're always trying to, to be honest with people about the risks and, um, and then, you know, okay, what are we doing to, to combat those risks? What are we doing to minimize those risks? But there's definitely risk. So that's a really yeah. good point, KP. Um, wait, well, hey, let's transition a little bit. Um, we, on my podcast, we like to talk about faith and family as well. Um, and we talked about that beforehand, but um, what do you think, 
you know, real estate has done for you in, in that way? How has real estate, um, you know, maybe, maybe deepened your faith or allowed you to, to, to pursue that more? And then I know you, you don't yet have a family, but so I guess with that question is what, what do you think real estate and, and maybe specifically, you know, the fact that you have this passive income, you can yep. off, what do you think that's going to do for your future family? Yeah. So real estate definitely helped me, you know, it gave me that time freedom, right? The flexibility piece where, Hey, Monday and Tuesday, I could do whatever I need to do, get the work taken care of. And I was like 2019, I was able to go to six different countries, right? I I have very flexible schedule and things like that. So it helped me going to, you know, meditation retreats. I'm a lot into spirituality and meditation and, you know, not have to worry about, Hey, I could only get a week off a year or or two weeks off a year, or this schedule doesn't work out. So that freedom piece is huge because it allowed me to pursue uh, what I want to pursue, right? Events or conferences or things that I want to do. And then for personal life as well, right? I love traveling. So getting more fulfilled, uh, doing things that I want to do, right? Definitely, if I was a pharmacist, it wouldn't have given me that opportunity. I would have that fixed, rigid schedule. I would have been working. And, you know, if you are working 40 hours a week, that's half of your life. And in those hours, if you are not passionate and excited, challenges come in every direction anyways. Even this route has its own challenges, um, like a W2 but yep. at least having that flexibility and freedom was more important for me. For somebody else, it might not be all the way at the top to just have scheduled freedom and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I can tell you, you know, you don't know yet, but having scheduled freedom when you have a family is incredible. I mean, it's going to be an incredible gift for you someday if you choose to get married, if you choose to have kids. Um, having that freedom is just, it's going to be awesome to be able to spend the time with the, the, those that you love the most. I mean, right now you're, you're spending time doing what you enjoy doing it and obviously being around some other people that enjoy doing those same, same things. And, you know, being around people you want to be around. I mean, once you have a family, you know, you're going to want to be around those people. And I mean, you're going to be able to, because of this, this passive income that you built. So that's awesome. Um, Wait, this, this has been really good KP. Um, What I want to ask you first, I definitely want to, um, you know, give people, you know, a way to reach out to you and stuff um, so that they can kind of learn more from you. Cause I know you're doing the coaching, which is awesome. Uh, But real quick, like if people want to, Following your footsteps. One, I, I guess I want to ask you one question first, and then I'll ask you for like some book recommendation stuff. But the question I would ask first, uh, KP, is if people want to follow in your footsteps, you know, what would you say um, is a key ingredient for what people need to succeed in, in real estate investing or for, you know, achieving the passive income that you have? Yeah. So certain, uh, certain things to keep in mind. Number one thing is strategy that we discussed, right? Yes. Asking yourself, what should be my strategy just because, you know, Lee did this or KP did this might not be the right for me. What is the strategy that will give me the best results? Something that would I would enjoy. I'm excited. That's one. Second yep. thing is everybody's going to face, they are going to feel that fear, maybe conscious, maybe subconscious. Hey, what if this doesn't work out? If this is the wrong step, I lose my money. Is this it for me? And that discomfort. And we have to kind of move over through that discomfort sooner or later in some form. Uh, we all face it. So I would, you know, recommend somebody to have that. Another thing is I would recommend somebody to uh, any of the listeners is to what I did is I take took two hours a week, you know, on a Friday, go to my favorite coffee shop. I've been doing this thing for a decade, you know, and just tune out, no computer, no cell phone, just have a diary or something and really asking yourself, how did this week go? Did I spend time on doing things that would help me move towards my goal? Did I learn something new? And then asking that and whatever, no judgment. If you didn't, you write, no, you go there next week again. 
Did I do it? So like step by step, right? Rather than making it overwhelming, do I need to invest actively or passively? Do I break it all down? You know, this month, I'm only going to focus on learning one thing. Let me do this thing. And then having that system in place that allows you to take this step. So a month goes by, two months goes by, three months goes by. And at this point, you might be ready to be like, okay, I'm going to flip a house. That's my decision. Or I'm going yeah. to invest passively, whatever that yeah. is for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that advice. Love that advice. Really good pieces. Strategy is so important. Like you said, and then, I mean, that goes to what you were saying there at the end, like, you know, almost kind of keeping yourself accountable and, and like just checking in with yourself. What am I doing? And, and if you don't know your strategy, then how do you, like when you're reflecting, how do you even know if you did a good job or not? If you don't know, but if you have that strategy down, okay, yeah. Did I move in the direction, you know, of, of this strategy? Am I moving toward the goal? I mean, then you're absolutely right. You have to push through fear. You have to push through discomfort. Um, different people say, you know, different things around that, but like, you know, your incredible success is just on the other side of your discomfort. I mean, and I, I think that's so true for all of us. Um, so it's yeah. really good stuff. But um, how about a book recommendation? KP, um, real estate related, what, what's a what's a good book that people should read? Uh, real estate related, uh, I would say if you're beginning, then real, um, what is it? The Millionaire Real Estate by Gary Keller mm -hmm. uh, that just talks about the different facets of real estate investing and things okay. like that. Uh, but ideally, I would say more on the mindset, think and grow rich. Uh, mindset's way more important because the thoughts you're having and what yeah. you're thinking would really impact so many of those things. So I'll recommend Think and Absolutely. Grow Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Napoleon Hill, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, how about a non-real estate related book? Maybe faith, family related? Um, yes, there? I would, yes, I would say Four Agreements. Four Agreements? Yeah. Okay. And it's a Don, Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, it's a very cool. good book into uh, just, you know, spirituality. Cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, great. Well, hey, um, before, before I let you go, definitely how, how can um, maybe tell us a little bit more about, about your, your coaching that you do KP um, you know, how people can reach out to you, how they can learn more from you. Um, where should we send them? We'll put it all in the show notes, but just tell us. Sure. Where, so, where you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll share the links of my YouTube channel where I'm putting Great. videos for active investors. And I'll, I'm also teaching people how to raise capital. I have a special program for that. Or for anybody who's in a W-2, they're trying to figure out if they really want to go into real estate full time, or if they're trying to do passive investment, then my website, Mookie Capital, I focus on passive investing there. And on KeatonPatel.com, I'm focusing more on the coaching right? Getting over that mindset, building that strategy to get results faster. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah we'll put all that. Yeah. You give me all those links. We'll put all those in the show notes. So we can send people over way before I let you go. I always like to ask, um, how might my listeners and I be praying for you in the coming weeks? What kind of things do you have um, going on? Okay. That's, that's a great question. So I would just say, you know, pray that, you know, I could support uh, more people in helping them get their outcomes, basically, or yeah. basically pray that everybody who's listening to your show uh, gets to their outcomes and, and their dreams. That's awesome. I mean, it just shows that you're a person of service, KP. So I, I have no, uh, it's, it's no surprise somebody like you has seen so much success. I mean, and been able to raise so much money when the focus is clearly on, on helping other people. And that, that's what's so cool about this. I mean, I, I believe that in life in general, but I certainly believe that about real estate. Like, you know, if, if you can go help people, it's, it's going to work out for you too. I mean, there, there's enough, it's, yeah. it's a big enough pie. There, there's enough for all of us, that, that abundance mindset, right? Like yep. you, you and I could work together and it, we don't have to compete over a deal. We can do a deal together and there's enough yep. there for both of us. And, and the same thing with bringing an investor. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Great prayer request. And we'll definitely be praying for that for you and, and for everybody that you work with. KP. Thank you so awesome. much for having me on the show. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I hope to keep in touch and we'll, we'll definitely try to send some people your way so they can learn from you. Thank you. Yeah, God bless. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.